another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and it is a very special time at Camp Dynasty because we kicked off the 2024 cycle last week with quarterbacks. Always fun to discuss that position, especially with some of the names at the top of the list this year, Colin. But we're really getting into it now because everybody knows that the position that you make your money in fantasy and in dynasty in general is running back. And that's what we're talking about today, the 2024 running back class. We we made it to the the running backs, you know. The phrase is always next class is better. <laughs> right? It all okay. it is always that. It's always that. I'll put a damper on that because we just had Bijan and Gibbs. And that, that is a different type of class. But the 2024 class is a heck of a lot of fun. There's a lot of names. And I'm sure this episode could go on for a very long time. But I think we got to rein ourselves in since it is only preseason. And we can only watch so much of what these guys have put out there and what is out there for us to get. So I, I'm just jazzed to, to dig into what these, you know, what these players could be and, you know, what your 1.01 could be next year. You know, these, these teams have been either they're going to be losing tank in this season. They got to have something to look forward to for that 1.01 or you, you traded for that pick, you know, a little bit of clairvoyance and you're rooting on somebody else's downfall and waiting for that 1.01 to cash in uh, coming up in the 2024 draft. So unless you're playing super flex, you know, obviously we talked about those guys last week, the running backs are the cream of the crop, baby. Well, 1.01. We'll we'll see if he's on this episode or the next episode, but that's fair. That's for another conversation. Yes, I I do want to get your thoughts before we jump into the list. We're doing top fives. You know, there's a lot more. I'm sure we'll have some honorable mentions to talk about. It is early July. There is a whole season to tell the tale. And I think for me, my experience of watching this class was a coming off of a year with Bijan Robinson and to a degree Jabir Gibbs as well. It's a little bit of a hangover because you just you just we don't have that type of a talent yeah. in this class. We just don't. And you know, Nobody obviously Bijans don't grow <laughs> yeah. on trees, but uh coming off of that class, it's gonna be a little bit of a hangover, I think. But overall, what were your impressions of the players that you watched? Do you believe that this is slated to be a strong running back class? an average running back class or a bad running back class? Uh, it's. I don't think it's going to be a bad running back class. I'll get that out of the way. And I, I guess I'm torn between good and average because some of the guys that have a chance to like ascend and then we could have a loaded top tier is kind of how I feel about it because – I, I I mentioned the one on one because I'm so conditioned to be like, yeah, the the yeah. running back is the the one that you're looking for. But 
obviously we're looking at something different here. But I think in this class there are a few guys at the top that have a chance to kind of cluster together rather than, you know, the the one like we've had in past years with like Bijan and Saquon and JT and yep. you know, down the list as it goes. So I I'm interested to see if one can can make that jump and like become the undisputed number one, or if we end up getting a few guys that are kind of fighting for that tier one, you feel really good about just having a pick in the top half of the first round in your, your rookie drafts come next off season. So it, I I think it's a it's a good class to have some first because it seems like you're going to get a pretty solid player. You know, even if you're in the mid-late first, you could see some of these guys falling because, I mean, 24 classes looking pretty good so far. Yeah, I think we had fairly similar experiences then with this class because for me it was a lot of like, I, I think there's just a lot of unknown, which makes sense because obviously, you know, it's summer. But I think even more so than normal, where I could see the pendulum on a lot of these players swinging in either direction significantly. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential with this class, but I don't necessarily think all of these guys have put it onto film quite yet. Right. I think there there's some guys here that could, like you said, ascend into this top bracket, uh, but maybe they're not quite there yet. So... Let's talk about it <laughs> because I'm chomping at the bit. We haven't talked about this at all no. leading up to the show. I don't know anything about what is consensus. What are the, you know, the quote unquote yeah. pros talking about right now? I have kept intentionally my, myself intentionally blind this year uh, to avoid any sort of bias from creeping in. Letting the tape speak to me. I know you're doing the same. I, I am, yes. I, I've been trying to just, you know, I, just stay away. We we know yeah. these guys we, well enough we'll get where there. we can, <laughs> right. And then maybe hey. maybe after this episode we can see how crazy we might feel, right? you know, compared to consensus or expert rankings or right. whatever it may be. And summer is the time. Summer is the time to watch the tape and make your best judgments because there's a lot of time in between now, obviously, and draft time. So this is unfiltered, and I'm interested, very interested, to hear how your five stacks up against mine. So let's get started. Let's do it. Number five running back in the 2024 class is Blake Corum out of Michigan. This is... It's been a long time because we, we talked about if you were with us last year, Blake Corum coming into the 2023 class because we expected that he may be a part of that draft class. He obviously gets injured. He doesn't declare. And so he's coming back to Michigan for another season. So uh, one of the most productive running backs in college football last year, he was on the Heisman watch list for a lot of the year. I mean, this was one of the stories of college football last year. Um, he's a smaller running back. He, I, I mean, I, I don't know if we want to get right into all of the, the breakdown, but I, I want to hear 
Well, what what's up here? What what's up with Blake Corum on your list? Is he higher? Is he lower? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's start there. Uh, he is higher, but okay. he is at number four okay. for me. So not too much different difference. Um, and it's funny because when we were about to do running backs 2.0 last year, Blake Corum announced that he was returning to school like the day before yeah. we recorded that. And I had Blake Corum as my number four running back <laughs> and we're in a whole new class. And yet here he is still in the number four spot. So why is that? So Blake Corum for me is not a exciting player. You know, like I, I feel like there's a lot of guys on this list that have a ton of juice they're electric, you know, they got the one cut, they got a little, and I feel like Blake Corum, he's a smaller guy. Uh, like I said, five, five, eight listed two ten, probably a little heavier than that. Uh, and it just, it feels like he is the, the model of consistency. He's, you know, he's got good vision. He sets up his blocks. Well, he pass blocks. Well, he's got good footwork. Uh, he's fluid. He makes people miss. But he doesn't break a ton of tackles. He's not super bursty. He doesn't have a ton of long speed. And like I said, he's small, which does ding him a little bit. Like as much as you try to avoid that, it's there. Like it doesn't help him that he's only 5'8", 210, 215, 220. Uh, And you don't see a ton of pass catching. So that's kind of where I fall. It's like he is a fundamentally sound player that does a lot of things really well. But it seems like his ceiling is a little lower than the other guys here. Yep, exactly. That's exactly it for me. I think as a pure runner, I think he's easily higher on this list. I think he shows you a lot of the things that you're looking for in just as a pure runner. Uh, Like you mentioned, good vision, uh, great footwork and great short area quickness. He's one of the more slippery guys in terms of the congested areas. I think when you're talking about at or behind the line of scrimmage, Blake Corum knows how to make people miss in those areas and get additional yardage. Uh, He had 73 missed tackles forced last year. That was 10th in all of college football. And a lot of that is coming in those short, dirty areas. It's not a lot of open field work that you see with Corum. Um, So that's good, but it also lends to this idea that he's not exactly an electric runner. He's not necessarily a big play guy. He does bust off some bigger runs, um, but I think the speed is certainly, you know, average to below average and that you know a lot of that can be attributed to his simply his height and his his leg length I mean the strides are very short he looks like a very short player out there running Um, but man one thing that I love about Blake Corum and I've already taken the liberty of giving him a nickname he is the human bumper car because his low center of gravity and his ability to just stay balanced and bounce off of contact is just crazy. Sometimes like he, he will literally just bumper off of tacklers and, and it almost like gives him the momentum he needs to get another 10 yards because he's flying off of somebody. So 
that's the kind of stuff that you see a lot on his film. And it's what led him to be, you know, one of the most productive running backs in all of college football. Um, but why is he lower on this list in a, in a class where there is some uncertainty? Well, some of that definitely has to do with his ceiling, the pass catching stuff. It's almost a non-factor to his game. So that's, you can kind of take that out. Um, and, uh, also, I mean, he went back to school and there are some really young players in this class. Mm -hmm. And he is in some cases, two years older than some of the backs here. So at this point in the process, three years. Yeah. He'll be, cause he'll be like what? 23 and a half on draft day or something yeah. like that. Yeah. He'll be 23 and a half. He's three years older yeah. than Braylon Allen. Yeah. So you're talking about a player here who, yeah, he's going to, I think he has a very high floor and he's going to be a good NFL runner. I just don't know if the ceiling is there. And at this point in the process, especially where some of these guys, it's like, you're kind of just banking on, you know, them doing something in 2023 that can vault them to these spots. I think Corum is in a position where he naturally fits into this bottom range of the top five. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think last year was almost a look at his ceiling. Like it, yeah. it is him putting up 1400 yards, 18 touchdowns. Like that is in 13 games. That's wildly impressive. And the 13th game he got injured in. So we're, we're looking at a guy that was insanely productive and he's coming off of an injury next year so you can expect that productivity to be dampered and the ascension of donovan edwards is going to help them have a more balanced rushing attack it just it's it's going to be it's not going to look as good next year it's not going to be as gaudy of numbers it's not going to be you know heisman conversation for blake corum as fun as it was in 2022 it's it's not going to be as exciting it's the the quorum hive i think will be struggling a little bit but he like i I, getting really far ahead of ourselves but like the value (laughs) the the value the value might might you know might be looking at a draft night in second round Blake Corum. Hey man, it's dynasty, all right? Like we're I'm the, the age is going to come into my evaluation <laughs> because he's already yeah, I'm yeah. already going to have people, you know, oh, well he's he's almost 24, you know, yeah. like it that is a factor here, definitely. Right. So I mean, he'll be a 24-year-old rookie. There's no way to no way to right. you know, yep. cut that. So Exactly. Exactly. And we, I mean, Najee Harris, I mean, that's a first round player, but it's like you, you saw what hit, what happened to his value very quickly. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Blake Corum is your number five, my number four. That's right. Which means I'm up. And my number five player is Travion Henderson. Okay. He's, a, I'll just say right on, He's my number four. Okay. So we got him flip-flopped. <laughs> Here we go, man. We're, it's, it's destiny, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm glad that you have him at four. So, cause like, I think there is a scenario where you may have some folks that have him higher on this list. And, and I can see why, because two years ago, this player was the guy 
who was like, get your 2024 picks so you can get Travion Henderson at 101 because he has an unbelievable freshman season at Ohio State. He shows pass-catching chops. He looks very dynamic and elusive, and he I think he had 1,200 yards rushing. I mean, it was destined. And last year did a lot to cool off that momentum. And honestly, one of the biggest reasons why I have him at number five is because of the foot injury that he sustained. Because we've talked about how foot injuries for running backs can be very problematic. And this wasn't a Liz Frank injury or anything like that. But I am being cautious right now because a lot of what happens with Travion Henderson and this you know, evaluation and this where he ends up when we get to next spring is going to depend on what he looks like this season. It's very hard to evaluate him right now. And he could very easily climb this list because he's one of the more dynamic running backs in this class. But I just, right now, I can't put him any higher than this without seeing the 2023 film. Right. And just to clarify, it was a torn ligament and a broken bone in his foot that he then went on to play four games on. So that is concerning. He missed four and games. And he said, and, and, and in his words, he said he lost an incredible amount of that explosiveness, which is yeah. what makes him such a good runner. And I think you saw that with the production that he had last year. I was going to say, it, it was noticeable that he didn't have the same juice. He didn't have the same yeah. long speed. He didn't have the same burst coming out and out of cuts. I mean... It was all pretty apparent, and if if he comes back and he's just fine, then it's a non-issue. Then it's a non-story, and it's something that'll always be in the back of your head, like, oh, he had that injury, but it won't be the thing that he's, like, you know, known for, you could say. Uh, but, I mean, he's he's a fun running back that shouldn't be, you know – defined only by the foot injury because there there is a lot of pluses here uh the one thing that i i didn't like was that he didn't catch like any balls last year it it was completely taken out of his game i mean he caught 27 passes in 2021 for 312 yards which is not a ton to start with and then he goes to four catches for 28 yards last year in 2022 and that's in i mean 10 games so that that is something that like brings up the red flags because it's like oh yeah he has some nice receiving numbers his first you know freshman year and then he comes in his sophomore year you want to improve on that you want to show and they just didn't throw him the ball for whatever reason and they will there's no design throws that he wasn't checking like stroud wasn't checking down to him at all so that was a little weird. His yards per attempt goes down. Uh, I mean, again, uh, this, some of this can be attributed to the foot injury, uh, but it, it seemed like there was some pretty significant regression. Yeah, 100%. And so, I mean, when you watch, when you watch the 2021 film, 
it's pretty easy to talk yourself into this guy being basically at the top of this class. I mean, I think simply off of the 2021, he's probably top two for me in this class. So that's how much, you know, is riding on this season, I think, for him, because what you see, like I said, just he's so dynamic and he has this he has the size. Right. And that's a common theme here. You know, we had guys in in last year's class undersized. What do you do with them? All of these players, for the most part, have good size. And Travion Henderson, 5'10", 215, stocky, you know, kind of almost quintessential running back build there with Henderson. Um, And he's a quick twitch athlete, which is one of, you know, that's one of the first things you're looking for is can this guy, you know, evade tacklers? Can he accelerate? Can he get down the field quickly? And he, he showed all of that. And as a freshman, um, and then like, you know, like we talked about the pass catching stuff, that's big. I mean, 300 some yards, it's not a ton like overall, but I mean, Jameer Gibbs had 444 last year. So you're talking about a player that was almost on par with a guy like that in terms of just the volume and the statistics of it all. So I think we need to see that again this year. And I am interested, though, to find out how much Mayan Williams could could command here. I'm wondering what the share is going to look like because I think Mayan Williams has some chops of his own, and I think they know that they have two really good running backs there. So it'll be interesting to see how they break it out and, and how they balance that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I liked Henderson a lot. Uh, his freshman tape I liked a lot. Uh, and then just brick wall, brick wall last year. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned Mayan and it's, it's similar to the, the quorum Donovan Edwards thing. Where yeah. Donovan Edwards comes in and he looks like, you know, same thing basically as what quorum was doing, same production. And so Mayan comes in in relief of Henderson and it looks similar. I mean, obviously the players don't look similar, but the production ends up being similar. And that's kind of the nature of running backs in general, you know, where they're not necessarily, if you're not the cut above everybody, you're kind of sitting in replaceability territory. And Travion, his freshman year, looked like one of the guys that would be irreplaceable, that looked like a cut above, and then his sophomore year comes back down to earth. So hopefully you get to see a little bit of that you know, freshman juice back this, this upcoming season. But if not, then you start to worry a little bit and that's why he's, you know, lower on our list as of now. Exactly. All right. Well, let's find out who is number three on this list. Colin, you are up first. I just changed this while we were talking. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) Oh shit. Uh, my number three is Trey Benson out of Florida state. Do you have him on your list? I have him on my list and I have him higher. Okay. All right. See, I, I had him at number two and I just flipped him. I got scared. So anyway, uh, Trey Benson runs like he's made out of rubber. 
is is my best way to describe it. He just gets the ball and he glides around and he just pinballs off of people. He has insane contact balance. The acceleration is like uncanny where he just pops off of somebody and then he shoots and he's just going full speed again. I mean, I, I there wasn't a ton that I didn't love about it. Uh, he he tries to do a little too much sometimes and gets caught up. Uh, the size is he's good, but he doesn't run like a. I, he doesn't like carry his weight. It doesn't feel like he he'll like bounce off of people, but it doesn't feel like he's finishing runs like he should be at the size that he is. But man, I was like really pleasantly surprised with Trey Benson. I mean, we're here, aren't we? We're here. Trey Benson is my number one running back <laughs> in the class. That's pretty sick. And I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't hard. <laughs> this is the player that I watched out of all of these backs. I've watched quite a few of these guys already. Nobody made me feel the way that Trey Benson made me feel and that was all i needed to know that this was my number one running back in the class i did i outwardly giggled when i was watching like i <laughs> actually i sat there and i was like oh my god and nobody else did that to me so i i uh, totally understand what you're saying i i was very surprised I, I i was mostly interested to hear where you had him on this list because obviously i think I you come out of college football last year and you have an idea of who the top backs are going to be this year and I remember talking about Trey Benson like maybe week 1 yeah on Camp Dynasty last year like and being like yeah you know this guy looks kind of fun like w- wonder what that's going to be and then you go into this process of scouting for the summer and you're like, wait a minute, this guy is actually unbelievable. And that's where I landed. And so he's my number one running back. I mean, I I, like you, there's not much that I don't like on his film right now. There's not much. He is an absolutely dynamic and explosive runner. I mean, he moves in ways that, Pretty much all of these players this year do not move like at all. Uh, I mean, he had 79 missed tackles forced last year. That was sixth in all of college football. He was also, you know, here we are talking about like mysterious PFF numbers, but this elusiveness number, (laughs) however they calculate this, he was the number one elusive player, elusive running back in college football last year. So it, you know, all of that is to say that this guy knows how to make people miss and knows how to get additional yardage that isn't created for him. Now, Florida State run blocking last year, I thought they did pretty well. I thought the, it was pretty clean on film, but I still think you see a lot of instances where he is creating yards. And also, this is a this is a player that can run really effectively between the tackles. You see his, you know, his bounce and his burst and you think, "Okay, yeah, he's a good outside runner." And you see that, 
but he's almost better when he's running through traffic. I think he uses his abilities, his tools in a way that makes him a really strong inside runner to any, and you know, the size obviously backs it up too. This is a player that can run inside and outside. Uh, he's six, one, two fifteen, I think. Yep. Uh, somewhere in that. Yeah. Six, one, two fifteen. So he's got, he's a little bit on the taller side, but he's got that nice build. He does run a little tall at times, but I don't see many issues with, with his balance. I don't see it affecting him too much. It might be something, you know, he could theoretically work on from a fundamental standpoint, but it's not really hindering him at this point. Um, and yeah, I mean, man, this, this player is really freaking fun. Yeah. I, there, there is nobody on this list that has a highlight reel. That's even close to, to, Trey Benson's like you, you just throw that thing on and it's just that's cinema baby that's that's gonna be good enough for you to have a blast for five six minutes while that rolls and I I had him at two I I chickened out I was like ah two is a little rich you know it's it's Trey Benson nah. the name hasn't been in the and I, I was I got I got scared off but yeah, he's he's gonna be one of the guys that is gonna climb up the boards. I think because uh, well, I get <laughs> where is he on the boards now? We we talk about who we've been talking about since last year. Yeah. Like you said, we only talked about Benson maybe once, maybe twice last year, and we talked about these other guys. You know. We'll we'll talk about a few of them, but we talked about Travion Henderson. We talked about Blake Corum, like plenty last year, and those guys I'm sure are secured in the top of people's rankings. So we'll see how high Benson can climb with the performance that he puts on this year with this Florida State team that is shaping up to be pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, I personally I have no idea where the draft community is on Benson right now, but like I said, man, it was. I thought it was pretty cut and dry uh, with this player right now. You know what he what he put on film in 2022 versus everybody else. I thought it was pretty clear. The one thing you'd like to see, you know, because obviously this has become a very huge part of the game. Pass catching, it's not. You know, 12 catches, 143 yards. It's not bad. Like he was involved, but. Uh, if he was, you know, if they could get him a little bit more involved in that area this year. And I think there's definitely potential to do that. We talked about, you know, this offense and Jordan Travis and how exciting things are down there this year. I think you could see a really, really exciting offense. Um, and I think a lot of it should go through Trey Benson. So, uh, we'll see if his role even expands further because remember he was splitting carries with, uh, Jartavius Ward, mm-hmm. I believe. So, and Jartavius Ward is gone. He transferred to Kansas State. So, like, the the keys have been fully turned over to Trey Benson this year. Uh, so, I think you're in, you're going to be in for an even bigger and better year from him, uh, which will put him exactly here if it, if it all goes according to the plan. Yeah. I, I love the, the moonshot that you're taking here. They, they have Trey Sean Ward. 
is uh, the running back on Trey this Shawmore. roster. There yeah. it is. Thank yeah, you. he he is uh, still hanging out there. But I think that if they're, I thought he didn't he transfer to Kansas State. He's uh, he's on the roster as of today, via ESPN. Huh. Okay, all right. Unless Maybe they're lying, fell to through me. there. Could have been. Uh, but I I'm gonna be definitely tuning into some Trey Benson because this is a a fun watch. It's an exciting watch. Hell yeah, man! Uh, number oh, one. Man. Okay, that's, well that's pretty sick. The, Beans are spilled, man. You know yeah. my one already. I'm in, I'm real interested to hear yours now, but before we get to that point, I have a number three running back, which very well might be your number one running back. We're going to find be. out. It could be. My number three running back in the 2024 class is Raheem Rocket Sanders. Here we go. There's my number one. There. <laughs> so, uh, well, I'm going to – you. I want you to take the floor on this. If he's your number one, and I, the only thing I've ever heard you say about Rocket <laughs> Sanders is that he shouldn't be called Rocket. So I want, right. I want to hear what you ended up. All right. So I was a, a little contrarian on the Rocket Sanders hype train last year. You know, I was like, this is this is your guys, 2024 RB1, really. You know, I, I wasn't, but, you know, I wasn't I wasn't scouting the 2024 class last year. I was scouting the 2023 class. And right. when you're watching guys like Bijan week in and week out, it makes everybody else look a little worse. But you go dive back in with, you know, fresh fresh eyes, fresh mindset, you know, you're only comparing him to guys in his class. I I don't know if it's cut and dry. I don't know if it's a runaway. And that's what I was trying to say at the beginning of the episode, that th- I think that this could be a big cluster tier. And as of now, Raheem Sanders is the leader in the clubhouse for me. I just – he is the like the running back that I'm looking for. The the size, the shape, the 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 play style is all very you know, he, he's the he's the Colin prototype where he, he's hitting the holes hard, he's finishing his run strong, he the the dead leg that Raheem Sanders has is something that I love. Like that is the the running back trait that i'm looking for uh, you know after the the all the fundamental stuff that you want to see the guy do i want to see you have that quick change of direction where you can take that one hard step in the ground and shoot the other way and raheem sanders has that all over his tape so there there's that there's the long speed and you see him get caught a few times on the tape i'm sorry and that's where i was saying last year that the rocket nickname I feel like you can't get caught. You cannot get caught on a breakaway run and then call yourself Rocket because you got to, you know, stretch some Rocket boosters to your back and go. Like Devon A-Chain, you could call him Rocket. Like that yeah. that, that feels like that makes sense because he breaks through that second level. He's gone. You're not, you're not catching him. But call him Sonic Boom. That's Yeah, exactly. That's like the fighter jet flying over the, the stadium at the beginning of the game. But uh, – Raheem Sanders, I mean, it, it feels like he is the 
the prototype running back. And I, it, he hits that edge, and he's beaten linebackers to the corner every single time. Like, there are just so many things that, that I like about him. They do that little flip screen pass, turns his back to the defense, still gets around and can diagnose and go, which is a weird play that I don't see anybody else run. I don't know if you can, like, pull what I'm – referencing here but they they'll like Keisha Jefferson will get the ball take like one step back and then the whole old yep. line will like coalesce around Raheem yes. Sanders and I he'll just also do like, was like what the yeah, hell is going on they here? do like an underhanded pitch to Sanders yeah. and he just goes and that's like it's a weird play but it, it kind of shows he can be a pass catcher you know he can turn his back to the defense and still make a play afterwards which is not something you're doing commonly as a running back. So I I liked a lot of what I saw out of Sanders. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I got to say, like, the top three for me, I think we're, we're on a trajectory here to know who number two is potentially. Yeah. And the, the bit, like, you're talking about players that are kind of in, like, a similar build – and they're all tall, bigger backs, and and the bigger comes in varying degrees. Rocket Sanders kind of falls in between Trey Benson and Braylon, Braylon Allen. Allen. Yeah. So, I think like you're talking about a guy here who you expect to run with a lot of power, but I don't really see that with Rocket Sanders. He's a very elusive player for his size like you were talking about with the dead leg he does he has a lot of you know that short area make a guy miss in a tight space type of stuff on his film which is you know for his, for a guy his size is kind of nuts and you know the the speed is not you know it's not devon a chain obviously but for a player that's 225 yeah. pounds he can go i mean he has big playability no doubt about it i mean like yeah he <laughs> I don't know if rocket's the right word, but like <laughs> it, it's it shows up enough where I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll give it he's, to you. He's more like a like a runaway train. Like it, it's yeah. like it's a big guy that's going fast, but it's not like the fastest thing you ever seen, you know? Right. And I think like for me, be, like the, talking about these top three collectively, I think it is kind of like you you could see a, a fluid sort of tier here, like. I thought Benson was kind of ahead of these other two players for right now because what you get with Benson is speed and power. He has both of those things. Sanders, it was a little bit more of the elusiveness and the speed, and we're going to talk about Braylon Allen in a second. That's a lot of power. Yeah. So it's it really is kind of almost like a pick your flavor here. I feel like with some of these with with, with this top group, and and it is you know we we have the same three players in a different order so it's kind of a you know we do have a little bit of a tier here that has emerged um but one one thing i do want to talk about with sanders though that really popped for me pass catching like he's a really good back in yeah. terms of the passing game like i didn't expect he runs, it either i know yeah same i didn't realize this like going through the motions last year like 27 catches, 248 yards. Again, you know, it's not crazy, but that's a pretty healthy total for a college running back. 
and you see a lot of of instances where he is running really clean routes and he you can see that he has that IQ of the passing game like he he is a very natural feel for how to get himself open in the passing game KJ Jefferson just some sometimes just doesn't look his way yeah well there's a lot of those instances KJ Jefferson is not very good let's just I'll just get that out of the way I I think that that's been pretty apparent for three years now that KJ Jefferson is just not a great quarterback so he's a fine college quarterback but like he uh, yeah you definitely notice that through all of these years of Traylon Burks now Rocket Sand I mean like he's a limited quarterback and I think there were a lot of instances where I wrote you know, that was a great route yep. by, by Rocket Sanders. And, and they're just, that wasn't the look on that play. So I think that it was something that was really cool to see with a guy like him, um, given his size, you know, to have that potential behind him as well is really exciting. Um, the only things for me in terms of weaknesses or negatives at this point like I said, would like to see a little bit more power out of him at his size. He does tend to go down on first contact. He's not a player that breaks a lot of tackles. He will make guys miss, but he doesn't really get through contact all that well. Uh, and then fumbles are just something that have, it's not a major issue, but two and three, uh, I think three as a freshman, two last year, um, would like to see flip flop. Okay. So yeah. So three last year, definitely something you want to see him work on this year. If he can get through this year clean, then you feel like that's fine. So, um, yeah, mi- minimal things at this point, really, but really, really strong season for him, and I thought the tape was was pretty good. Yeah, and we talk about uh, Benson versus Sanders since, you know, we'll go RB1s against each other. Yeah. Uh, Benson had 994 yards rushing total in 2022. Mm-hmm. Rocket Sanders, he had 1466. Yep. Now look at yards after contact because that, that's something that you highlighted that Benson, he has 698 yards after contact. Raheem Sanders, 703. So they are neck and neck in terms of yards after contact, even though Sanders has 500 more yards. Yeah. So that that is something where when you weigh, you know, 10 more pounds, you have an inch on a guy like you should be you look like you should be running a lot stronger and you just don't. And that that is definitely something that's shown up. And it's it's something that I, I don't know if it can be taught. I, I'm not a running back. I've never played running back. You, you don't you don't see guys that like aren't tackle breakers become tackle breakers very often. So I don't know if he's always going to be a guy that shies away from contact or that will go down on first contact. So that, that is definitely uh, something to be brought up. And if he's going to be a guy to make people miss his like whole career, like that could be something that's not ideal because you want a running back. That's this size, this big to, you know, put the shoulder pad into somebody and yeah. put him on see the, him run a little deck. nastier. Yeah. You, you don't see a lot of the nasty runs from rocket, especially when you're building up that much speed and you have acceleration and you, you got to just, you know, get around that corner, stick that foot in the ground, 
look the DB in the eyes and say, I'm sorry, today's not your day. But you don't really see yeah. that. Yeah. So, I mean, but, hey, it, if he was a player that was 10, 15 pounds lighter, you'd be talking about, you know, oh, yeah, he's a very elusive right. one-cut runner, you know, doesn't have a lot of power, but that's fine. Like, it's just that he has the frame. So you'd like to see more of it. But right. he does win pretty well already with the tools that he has. So we'll see. Maybe he can add that to his repertoire this year, and then he becomes almost, you know, like a – I don't want to say foolproof prospect, but a very strong all-around running back prospect. Very nice, chalky, number one ADP running back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about number two then, because he's falling into the middle for both of us here. And I am – I will say I'm a bit perplexed by Braylon Allen, and yet he ends up as my number two player. Did you have a similar experience, or how did you think? What did you think about? Well, mid episode, I changed him to my number two running back. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it was a, a weird process for me. I mean, I obviously try not to fall into the homerism trap. I born and raised in Wisconsin, rooted for Wisconsin my whole life, been to Wisconsin games. So the the idea of like try not to let that inform my opinion on Braylon Allen is something that was actually a lot easier than I thought because Wisconsin was pretty gross to watch last year. Yeah. And so I didn't watch them. I didn't watch a single game. So I was coming into this, you know, 2022 tape with fresh fresh eyes. And it was better than I expected because I mean the passing game was just horrid for the Badgers. Like Braylon Allen had to do everything. And the fact that he put up almost identical counting totals as he did in 2021 against like eight man boxes consistently is really impressive. And obviously he did it on, you know, 40 more carries. <laughs> so the, the uh, efficiency goes down, but Man, he's just a really sound player. He he feels so like he has such a high floor as an NFL running back. And being only nineteen right now, and he won't turn twenty until January, is nuts. So he he'll be twenty for his entire rookie season. Uh, he'll have a lot of miles on him, which is something that is to be concerned about because there's the age versus miles conversation, whether it's the years that are concerning or how many carries, how many hits you're taking, you know? So whatever side of the coin you fall on that is up to you, but he's going to have a lot of miles. He's going to be very young. So he'll be going in as a rookie with a ton of experience, kind of ton of carries. He doesn't catch the ball basically at all they had a non-existent passing game i mean he had i don't even have a number here did he catch a pass i couldn't tell you he he did he <laughs> caught a few passes last year it was not a big part of his game at all 13 passes for 104 yeah. yards yeah so i i'd love to love to hear you enlighten me on Braylon allen here 
Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're pretty much all over it. I, it's for me, it was again watching 2021. This is a special player. Yep. Like he's 17 years old, and he's doing this in yeah. college football. Like that was crazy. That that his 2021 film is is gnarly. 2022 it gets weird Mm -hmm. and it's not like you said i mean like obviously there were factors that played into why it wasn't so clean for him he ends up still having a 1200 yard season but i didn't think he looked like the same player last year either and i know he was dealing with a few different injuries that kind of popped up throughout the season i don't know how much that was affecting him down the stretch but I just didn't see the same level of play from him last year. Now, one area where that really showed up, and I mentioned this before, you talk about a guy here who is a physical specimen, right? He is a lean, he is a lean 6'2", 235. I think he might be heavier than that. <laughs> and he, Yeah. And we might be talking about a guy who's 240, two, you know, around 240. And he's lean and he's quick. I mean, this guy is truly, from an athlete and a build perspective, like he's almost like lab material type of stuff here. And a lot of what you got with Braylon Allen, as a, especially as a freshman, is power. Because he has the size and he uses it effectively where Rocket Sanders is more of a elusive back and Trey Benson is kind of more of like a do-it-all type of like all-around runner. Braylon Allen was just destroying people as a freshman. And that led to 4.8 or no, 4.48 yards after contact on average. 4.48. That's a pretty high number. Last year, 2.92 yards after contact. So you talk about the efficiency metrics that, you know, he drops because of the situations there with the passing game and the loaded fronts. But even then, and I mean, like, it does kind of go hand in hand, but there weren't as many instances where he was able to fight through tacklers. He wasn't able to generate that much power, at least not from the games that I watched from 2022. So yeah, yeah. that was something where 2023 becomes almost like a what version of Braylon Allen are we going to get this year? And I'm very excited about the Luke Fickle offense that's coming in because A, it'll create more space for him, which is going to be a great thing. And B, we may also get a little bit more of the pass catching side, hopefully, maybe. And that just, you know, that's just another element than to his game yeah and you mentioned yards after contact Braylon Allen in 2021 leads everybody in yards after contact by there by, you go. by far he had 829 and our second highest was uh Raheem Sanders at 703 so the, then you look at 2022 and he had both a shoulder and an ankle injury last year so that's means something i mean it's not they weren't like super serious like henderson's injury where he's got torn ligaments broken bones yeah 
But, I mean, it gets a lot harder to run through people when you can't plant as hard on your ankle. You can't, you know, throw your shoulder into somebody. So, uh, but he's not a, a perfect player. He is a, a little bit cumbersome, you, you could say, and that does come along with being 6'2", 240. Like, you're not going to be an efficient, you know – you're not going to be Derrick Henry. That's that's just not that's not a thing. So, uh, I I like him a lot, and I put him at number two because him and him and Raheem Sanders. If you can see where I'm going with my top two guys, it's like taking size over everything else. Feels like you're building, you're putting the armor on your running backs because they need to take those hits every play and. I want my guys wearing as much armor as possible, and Braylon Allen has an argument to shoot up there, but with the lack of pass catching that we've seen, it's hard to say, like, this guy will be your number one dynasty running back because if you're not catching passes, it's hard to play on third down, and then you're a two-down running back, and you got to hope for red zone upside. and So that all plays into it, but at the end of the day, this offense will get opened up that we like Wisconsin has had transfers that they're having like some of the the, uh, resurgence of sorts in terms of like modern offense because some of the some of the formations they're running last year is like out of the stone age and that (laughs) was just so they can get Braylon Allen extra blockers like they're they're running Braylon Allen out of the wildcat pretty frequently he's throwing the ball last year yeah it's so now that they can move into modern football maybe you can see luke fickle be a little bit creative and use braylon allen in a few more ways other than running out of a loaded eye formation and pounding them into the line of scrimmage over and over and over 255 times yeah and i see like braylon allen and and rocket sanders for me are kind of like neck and neck basically they're like essentially tied almost for me and i the reason i give alan the nod here is the what can you be like rocket sanders 2022 film was better than braylon allen's it was but i think there is a situation where when we get to this year and we see how it shakes out i think braylon allen simply from his physique and his athleticism i mean this is a this is an impressive player back there and if he can put the if he can put it onto film again and maybe show you something new in this new offense then i think we're in for a really really special season from him for sure yeah i it'll make me interested to watch wisconsin yeah (laughs) which has been tough lately yeah wow all right Top five running backs, 2024. I mean, honestly, man, I am shocked that we had the same five players in our top five. Okay, run through yours. Okay. Your top five. My top five. Since we were Trey jumping Benson, around a little bit, yeah. Braylon Allen, Rocket Sanders, Blake Corum, Travion Henderson. Okay. Uh, I had, yeah, let me pop in here. Rocket Sanders, one, Braylon Allen, two, Trey Benson, three, Travion Henderson, four, Blake Corum, five. 
So we didn't have anybody sharing a spot, which I feel like is a first here. Braylon Allen, though. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I got never you. Mind. Yeah, see, yeah, we, you, you saved it at the very end. That's yep. what happened. That's right. I flipped them so it. it'd be the yeah. same. Yeah. I had the, the intuition, you know, we're locked in here. But still, I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, different order, but like, I, we're going to talk about honorable mentions here in a second. I thought there were a few players here that I, I could have envisioned maybe popping into your five. And I, you know, I'm a little bit surprised that we have the same, but, uh, on that subject, yeah. Honorable mentions. Who's the guys? So Who are the guys for you. So I had one that I was debating and, I just really, the aesthetics were off. The vibes were not great. And that was Will Shipley (laughs) out of Clemson. So he runs so tall and it feels like his torso is like a mile long. And just something, something is not quite, he throws stiff arms when the guy's like directly in front of him, I don't know what's going on with Shipley. He's a good player, but I just, I, I, I just felt weird watching him. Just didn't sit some, some, the vibes were off. I, I liked him. I did. He, he's not my number one honorable mention, but he is my number two honorable okay. mention. I thought he was, he was impressive. Uh, would like to see a little bit more from him this year. I mean, he's, he seems like he has the requisite athleticism. There's not a lot of, you know, I didn't see a lot of like dynamic moments necessarily on his film, but I do think that he was a solid, really solid player for them last year. Um, And I think we're in for another really good season from him, which if that you know puts him right in this sort of fringe spot i mean i do think we're talking about a potentially uh, i'm going to say this again just like last year i think this could be a potentially deep running back class and i know that doesn't always work out in terms of the nfl draft but i do think shipley is a player to watch certainly okay so let's hear yours so there was one player that it truly pained me to leave off of my list like it hurt but i just could not do it and that was bucky irving <laughs> okay but did you hear. watch bucky I, irving? I, I, I didn't get a chance i i want to hear i want you to talk me into him right now okay oregon running back bucky irving oh now, I've, I've i i didn't i didn't refresh myself but yes i yeah we're, we're talking about a class here of guys that have the requisite size. Like last year, you were pretty comfortable with a player that was 5'10", 194, yeah. because there just weren't that many of the guys that had the size you wanted. So it was like, yeah, sure, Devon H.A. And I mean, this guy's incredible. He's 180 and change and you saw already how that's affected him in in dynasty drafts i mean people are nervous about what the role is and for good reason potentially so a guy like bucky irving who's listed at 194 but looks a lot smaller than that i don't think he's i don't think he's over 190 i can't imagine he is but man 
what a fun player that is. I mean, so dynamic, shifty. I mean, it's it's hard. One of the things that excites me about him and, and does actually lead me to believe that this could be you know, a player that we are, are watching and one that might ascend even throughout the year. It's just so damn hard to get your hands on this guy. So, and you talk about, you know, his role as a pass catcher, 30 receptions, 297 yards last year. I mean, at worst, I think this ends up being that sort of, you know, third down specialist type of receiving back in the NFL. He's just too good to not have some kind of role. And it's not like he's, you know, this isn't like Deuce Vaughn, you know, like he's got enough yeah. size where he can have a role. Um, but man, I, as a, as a peer runner too, I thought he was really impressive and I'm really excited to watch Oregon this year. They have another running back there. That's also pretty decent. And yeah, that, that could be a fun team for sure. And I, I really, really liked Bucky Irving, man. It, it, uh, there was a point in time where I was like, hey, could you sneak him in there over Henderson? And I was like, nah, man, like Henderson's yeah. 2021 film. That's just too damn good. But I mean, I um, don't, popped it on real quick to give myself a, a crash course, a refresher. And man, this is, he's a fun player. This is like, he, you talk about him as a receiver and it, he ha- already has in the short amount that I'm watching right now has more like valid receptions that are not like screen passes or checkdowns than uh, anybody else that we've talked about, which is pretty wild. So yeah, one of the electric guys and you talked about his size and he's a smaller guy, but again, in comparison, like, when if you put him in another class, if you put him in last year's class, he's like pretty pretty much the same as everybody else. That's not named oh, yeah. Bijan. Like yeah. it's just this class is a lot of big fellas. Like yep. Travion Henderson looks small in comparison. He's five ten, two fifteen. That's like the running back size that you're looking for. Like five ten, two twenty. Like that that's the size. And he looks like a small player, and that's just because we have some bigger guys that we're looking at in this class. So, yep, yeah, that that'll be a, a fun player to keep an eye on, and definitely as, uh, you know, a returner, maybe a, a pass catcher, maybe maybe even more than that. Maybe more, man. Listen to this before we move to somebody else. Bucky Irving, four point three six yards after contact last year to go along with 67 forced missed tackles. That's really good. He's elusive and he's got sneaky, a little bit of sneaky power. Like he's obviously not, you know, Braylon Allen, but like for a guy of his stature, he's got a little bit of sneakiness to his game there. So yeah, I like this player a lot. Fun, really fun player. So what do you think of Donovan Edwards is my question. Because this is an interesting name that's going to be coming up here. Yeah, I I didn't love Edwards from 2022. And honestly, I think I'm, I'm curious to find out if he will declare yeah. this year. I think he probably will because it, it would most likely be in his best interest to do so. But if Blake Corum is getting, you know, the spotlight there, as we kind of expect, I don't know 
what that leaves for Donovan Edwards. One thing about him, though, again here, I think he's one of the better pass-catching backs in this class. So there is that potential there where a guy like, you know, a guy like Corum doesn't catch passes at all. They might be working Donovan Edwards in the passing game like they did last year. And if he can show a little bit of growth as a runner, I think that does open the door to have, you know, two guys out of one backfield. It's certainly not unprecedented. We just saw it last year with Texas. So I think, yeah, short answer. I think he's got a little bit of room to grow but I'm excited to watch him. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think he's a nice compliment to Corum as like a one-two punch and Corum heavily being the one. Like it, it was nice having him fill in and he had some big plays, but it seems like a little bit of a flash in the pan kind of thing where there was just a lot of open spaces yeah, for him, yeah, I think. It looked year. real easy. And yeah. so so it's not that, you know, he, he stinks or anything like that. Like, he's a good player. Quorum's a good player. And they have different skill sets that I think complement each other well. I think they'll both be used. I think it'll be Quorum's backfield, and Edwards will be the, the fill-in piece. And, I mean, you might see a lot of them early in the season as Quorum works back from the injury. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, it's it's pretty clear that Quorum is the better player. Yeah. Any other backs from this class that are worth talking about today? I'm I'm good. I'm good where where I'm at. What you got? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good pretty good list. There the only other name that I want to bring up here and this is sort of like my, you know, half court shot like maybe like, we'll like come Titus back to Swint. this. Yeah. I just won last year. I tried. I tried to make him a thing. Like, this could be a player that we look back on in like six months and say, like, oh, yeah, wow. Like, we shouted him out. So that's why I'm sneaking his name into the program. But it, he does have a very interesting profile, which is Carson Steele. So, who is Carson Steele? Well, he is the. Number one yards after contact player in all of college football last season. He is, he, he played at Ball State. Okay, so he was, he's 6'1", 215, but he looks, he looks like a tank. And maybe that was just, you know, within the maction that was happening. Mm-hmm. He looks like a tank. And he kind of looks like Thor, honestly. <laughs> but, so, I mean... Over 1,100 yards after contact last year. Is insane. Nine, yeah, it, that's insane. And he also forced 96 missed tackles. Insane. So, like, the Mac could not handle Carson Steele. And luckily for us, he is transferring or has transferred to UCLA. And if you watched a guy named Zach Charbonnet last year, you maybe understand how easily a guy like Carson Steele is going to fit into that role on that team. So I think there's a scenario where he kind of comes out of nowhere, I guess, like out straight out of the Mac into the Pac-12 spotlight 
and maybe gets himself on the radar. And that's why he transferred. He said he thinks he he thinks that the attention of a power five conference could put him into a conversation that he's not currently in. So I'm excited to watch it because this just means I get to keep watching big bruiser running backs <laughs> at UCLA. So, you know, I love that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, one of the more, you know, intriguing players, I think from this, from this uh, post five running back group. Yeah, it'll be a lot of late nights again <laughs> in the, <Yeah. laughs> watching UCLA on the at the West Coast timeline. <laughs> we'll be up watching Caleb Williams anyway. Yeah, that's Just fair. Flip over to yeah. UCLA during, com- and during commercials. State. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what what he's up to. Him and Michael Penix and company. Yeah. <laughs> Pac-12 man, it's gonna be fun it's, this it's year. It's interesting. It'll be real fun. We'll be talking about more guys from the Pac-12 next week on wide receivers because man uh running backs so i think we by the end of this conversation i actually kind of felt like this is a fun we, group <laughs> you're gonna talk yourself into it right now this is I'm a good ta- class I did. it's a yeah, deep class I, damn it when i started watching like truly this was my experience it was like i started watching i think i started with braylon allen and then travion henderson and i'm sitting there like uh what is going on with these guys? And then you realize that a you're watching down like quote unquote down seasons for, from both of them in 2022. But also I'm like, these guys aren't Bijan. <laughs> yeah, yeah Bijan? exactly. Like, Seriously. But it's just not going to happen. And I think there are some really talented players, good size, good athleticism. You know, there's a lot to like with some of these guys. And I think there's also an opportunity, like you said, for this list to be fluid through the year. This is not like a, you know, Oh, RB one is set in stone till next summer. You know, like there is an opportunity here for these players, some of which, you know, have to take their opportunity to uh, put something on film this year to solidify their spots. So Yeah. yeah, last year was a whole lot of let's talk about everybody else. Yeah. You know, like what do we even say about Bijan anymore? I don't think that'll be, and the, like the case with any of these guys this year, I think it'll yeah. be very much when we do our mid-season rankings, then we can yeah. revisit this little, little yeah. teaser, little teaser right there. So like I just mentioned, you know what time it is next week. We're coming back to do this dance again, wide receiver style. And thing about the wide receiver position is it has a tendency to get pretty weird especially when guys like Keishon Butte are your number two wide receiver before the season and then that player is the sixth round pick but um <laughs> there's a lot of names I have my watch list put together there's a ton of names and I didn't expect us to have the same five this week but we did I would be just gobsmacked if we had the same five wide receivers next week i think we're gonna have the same number one but outside of that it could get pretty weird i'm gonna i'm gonna say at least three out of five are gonna be the same yeah yeah that seems about i'm gonna i'm gonna put the over under at three and a half and see what the the public thinks okay okay that's interesting it's an interesting one but all right. Well, that's coming next week. Running backs had a lot of fun discussing them this week. 
If you enjoyed the conversation, make sure that you head over to our Twitter page. I enjoyed the conversation. Did you? Did (laughs) you? Did you know that we have a Twitter page? It's at camp underscore dynasty. If you're not following, follow there. Check us out on TikTok at camp.dynasty. Videos are going up there. Also check out the video feeds of the pod on YouTube at our channel, Camp Dynasty. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode, follow, like, subscribe, rate, review, share, all of those great podcasty things. Hey, you can check out Austin posted on Threads posted one of our yeah take hey. one of our videos. Find me on Threads, man. <laughs> Austin Corf on Threads. Check it out. We're exploring uncharted territory. It seems like a better environment than Twitter, <laughs> so I'm digging it so far. Hopefully, it catches on. Maybe we'll start up a Camp Dynasty page over there too. But yeah. So. All right, Colin. Well, hell yeah, man. Running backs down. Yes. Early July, baby. We're, we're we made it, and I'm I'm freaking pumped, man. Like, look at us. The Marvin Harrison episode next week. <laughs> it's it's oh, I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>